What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Clark and I are with you this morning. It's Friday. Or whenever Friday. you're listening. Oh. Gotta get up on Friday. Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> My favorite song to sing on Friday. Let's do this. Here we go. Let's go. Um, so just a little bit of a recap. We are in Exodus chapter 22 today, this Friday. And where we've come is, um, you know, oh, Winnie has something to Winnie say. Winnie girl. Relax. Wow. Oh, there's a male we guy. Or... Wow. Um, recap. What was I? Yes. So there's millions of these Israelites that God has rescued out of enslavement from Egypt. They've been um, meeting with God at Mount Sinai. Moses has ushered them into his presence underneath the mountain. Um, We've learned now that Moses uh, has given the Ten Commandments. Actually, sorry, God has given the Ten Commandments to Moses. Moses has delivered them unto the people. And now we're to um, kind of some of these chapters that might want to make you scratch your head a little bit. These chapters are the reasons why people don't read the Old Testament. But yeah. what's, what's, what we want to do today, our goal is to actually look behind them, look at the context for which they were given, and why you see that these are incredible gifts of God and that you see God's grace all over these chapters. Mm. And now bear with us, all right? Because um, there's some wild verses here. Yeah, a lot of kind of where we're going to go helps help, has come from this book that's entitled How Not to Read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just kind of gives us a framework of how we don't want to take, you know, one verse and throw it up on our, you know, what like tattoo or our Instagram, like, oh, this is what it means. And then just to be followed by another verse that's kind of maybe confusing. So you're talking about Jeremiah 29. Oh, yeah. I know people have Jeremiah 29, 11 tattooed on them up on their, their walls in sure, their house. It's and great. it's okay. It's a great verse. Mm-hmm. He's talking about God has hope and plans for your future. He wants good for you. The next verse or verses that follow it talk about, and you're going to be in exile for 70 years. <laughs> so, so the framework again for that is like, okay, do I want to go to exile for 70 years? Is mm-hmm, that for me? Mm-hmm. Nope. But do I want to believe that God's got good plans and hope for my future? I sure do. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily wrong for us to you know, hold on to that, that idea that God does want what's best for us, but... No one knows the verses that follow it. And so our case in point here is just being mindful of the verse that's in a chapter, that's in a book, that's in the Bible, mm-hmm. and understanding the context and how does this fit and reflect the heart of God and the heart of humanity mm-hmm. here. So that's kind of like we'll keep that in mind in reading these verses um, in Exodus is just kind of how, you know, they're one slice of the pie. And yeah. so that's kind of this got author, Dan Kimball, has a line where he says that the Bible wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. And how there's, you know, specific situations and contexts in mind that these um, this, this, that this text and these biblical authors are addressing and they're so, writing to. Case in point, and that, that verse, that statement might throw you a little bit. The Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. So before you send me some emails saying, what are you talking about? Like, just take like, Paul writing to the church in Corinth. Paul did not have Clark and Bobby Corver in mind when he was writing about, um, you know, the chapter 5 and the sexual morality, the incest, and all the horrible stuff happening within the church. But... What he says to the church at that time, Bobby and I, we get a benefit from that. Right. Understand, here's how you handle these situations today. So mm-hmm. it was written for us, and God in his 
his omniscience and his just mm-hmm. all knowing is like, I'm going to give you inspired. This is God's word. It's mm-hmm. God inspired writing. That's going to bless people for decades and millennia after this. Mm-hmm. But why Paul's writing that he's writing it to a specific group of people mm-hmm. at a specific time in a specific case for a specific situation. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to the old Testament laws now, yeah. There's all kinds of crazy laws that you're about to read in Exodus 21, 22, 23, and, mm-hmm. and there's more. But the, the reality is there's wacky laws today. Yeah, I don't know if you guys know that. There are like totally kooky laws that exist right now, like in the United States. Mm-hmm. So we're going to list some of them for you. Like in Arizona, it's illegal for a donkey to sleep in the bathtub. Truth. In Kentucky, you um, it's illegal to carry an ice cream cone in your back pocket. Fact. And is this what, Connecticut? Yeah, Connecticut. It's illegal for beauticians to whistle, hum, or sing while they are working. So if you and I take these examples <laughs> at face value, this is like Old Testament law stuff. You're going, this is this <laughs> yeah. is nonsense. Like, what are they talking about? I'm not applying this to my life today. Mm-hmm. But what you have to understand is there's a backstory. Right. So in Arizona, why you wouldn't want your donkey, why it would be illegal for your donkey to sleep in a bathtub is because there was an event where a flood happened and this donkey was lifted through these rushing waters inside of the bathtub to kind of Mm -hmm. like where the town water was like collected and it costs so much money and it took so much time and everyone's help to get this donkey out safely out to get this the water wasn't contaminated and all this stuff that they just said okay no more donkeys in bathtubs. Yeah. Farmers, don't <laughs> let your donkeys sleep in bathtubs. We don't want our, our drinking water contaminated. Same is true with the backstory with the ice cream. How um, that's illegal because folks would put ice cream cones in their back pockets so that way, I mean, livestock donkeys mm-hmm. would follow them and try to get the ice cream cones. And so they, they would literally like steal an animal without with, stealing it, without stealing it, without touching them. The authority shows up to their door and you stole farmer John's donkey. They're like, I didn't no. touch him. He followed me. I didn't bring him. And so they made it a law that you can't put ice cream cones in your back pocket. The last one, Connecticut illegal for beauticians not to whistle, hum and sing. I'm guessing someone got cut or slit while the beautician was, was busting out their song, you know? Mm. So again, the case in point here is that there's weird laws but there's a story behind them. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to the Bible, specifically the Old Testament, we're reading Genesis. Genesis 1 and 2 are God's heart, his intent, his desire. Harmony, unity, beauty, God with man, man with woman, woman with man, and then all of humanity with God and the rest of his creation. Mm-hmm. But after Genesis 3, sin comes in and crap hits the fan. And pretty yeah. soon humans, not God, humans start making terrible Mm -hmm. decisions Mm -hmm. is after that point slavery becomes a thing like how can i take advantage of other people to better myself right um polygamy Mm -hmm. i don't want one spouse i want multiple Mm -hmm. Uh, men take advantage of women Mm -hmm. Uh, there's misogyny there's abuse there's beating there's all kinds of terrible stuff that begins to happen and here's the 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 takeaway here god did not create these Mm -hmm. this is not god's desire this is not god's intent God's not institutionalizing these things. God's not even commanding God's people to do this. God's Mm -hmm. desire is that his people would be different Mm -hmm. from the rest of the world. And so when we come back to now, let's just take Exodus, and we're reading some of these laws, there's actually good reason God gives these laws to his people. And Mm -hmm. the ultimate goal is he wants them to be a a people with a law and eventually to live in a land that's different from the rest of the world. Right. 
you know, I want you to be set apart and holy. So Bob and I are going to kind of go through and let's just pick a couple of these verses out and address them because you've probably read them already and are going, what on earth? I'm not reading the Old Testament ever again. <laughs> so we'll go back just uh, one chapter to chapter 21 because that's kind of where these start kicking off where you might be a little confused. So talk about the women first. Sure. How are women treated in the Bible? So how about you read verses 7, 8, and 9? Sure. Uh, okay, so this is chapter 21. If a man sells his daughter as a servant, she is not to go free as men servants do. If she does not please the master who has selected her for himself, she he must let her be redeemed. He has no right to sell her to foreigners because he has broken faith with her. If he selects her for his son, he must grant her the rights of a daughter. If he marries another woman, he must not deprive the first one of food, clothing, or marital rights. Mm. If he does not provide her with these three things, she is to go free without any payments. That's actually all the way to verse 11. Okay, let's hop over to chapter 22, which is what you're reading today, Mm -hmm. and look at verse 16. It says, If a man seduces a virgin who is not betrothed and lies with her, he shall give her the bride price for her and make her his wife. If the father utterly refuses to give her to him, he shall pay money equal to the bride price for virgins. So let's just stop there for a moment. Right. Like, wait, God is for women getting sold and bought and mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. impregnated. Like, what is going on here? Right. This is the whole culture and world is different than what we experience here mm-hmm. in some aspects. In some aspects, back then it was all agricultural. Like, you had to raise your own food. You had to grow your own food. You had to, to raise your own cattle and to get your meat. And sometimes these farmers weren't good. They didn't have crops. They didn't have food. They weren't able to provide for their family. Mm-hmm. So actually, Grandpa Corver, Pastor Harold, had a little bit of this in his life where his father, my great-grandpa, had a couple years of, of drought and failure in farming, and he had to send his kids away. My grandpa had to go to another farm and work for somebody else mm-hmm. so that they could survive. Mm-hmm. And so here, God's grace is saying, I actually want you to protect these women. If you are going to be a dirtbag and impregnate somebody that's not your wife, you have to buy her. Why? Mm -hmm. Because if that woman is not taken under his care, she is done for. She cannot protect herself at that time. She cannot raise her own food at that Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Like some other man or some wild animal is going to take her and this poor baby, and it's going to be the end of the story. Mm -hmm. So God is saying, "I, I, I love my people so much. If you do that, man, you are responsible to take her under your wing, mm-hmm, care protection. Mm-hmm. Now you have to provide. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. actually a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's the same kind of in verse 21 that we read about as well. So, you know, if this happens and if that happens, you know, you are so responsible for taking care of. Because like what Clark was saying at this time during this day and age, you know, women are so far beneath, um, like their societal status is so far beneath where a man would be. That If there was a single woman that was pregnant by herself, they're, you know, they're, they're dirt. And so that's just the reality of where the world was at that time. And God is saying, no, you guys, you're going to be set apart. Israel, my people, you're not going to treat women like that. Mm -hmm. This is what you're going to do. And so like Clark said, literally meeting them where they're at. Mm -hmm. And so another example here is, is is slavery. Go back to chapter 21 yesterday. Mm-hmm, Look at verses mm-hmm. 16 and 26. He says, Whoever steals a man and sells him, and mm-hmm. anyone found in possession of him shall be put to death. Mm-hmm. Verse 26. Uh, a man stri- if a, When a man strikes the eye of his slave, male or female, and destroys it, he shall let the slave go free because of his eye. Same mm-hmm. thing with his tooth. So again, God is not um, blessing slavery. He's not endorsing it. In fact, he's going the far end, ex- uh, 
of, of the extremes and condemning it, saying if you're found to, to objectify someone and take them, you need mm-hmm, to get put mm-hmm. to death. Like he is saying, I am not for slavery. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very extreme. So let's, let's hop over to chapter 23 because this is a verse that you're going to read tomorrow. <laughs> and again, is a really obscure verse, but actually shows you the beauty of what God's doing here. So Bobby, would you read Exodus 23 verse 19? Gladly. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. When's the last time you cooked a goat in its mother's milk? Hi, oh, Kent. Oh, my goodness. Say, say hi. Hi. Oh. Again, what a weird verse. We, I mean, you probably don't even have a goat. I don't have I don't want to climb the Oh, there you go. That's right. Um, you probably don't own a goat. I don't own a goat. We're definitely not cooking a goat in its mother's milk. Why would God put this in here, and why would he instruct his people? Right. Why? Oh, I'm glad you asked. That's a great question. Again, God's saying, I want you to be set apart from the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. So they're going into the land of Canaan. The Canaanites were wicked and evil people. Mm-hmm. They had wicked customs. Where they, they murdered their babies, their children. They killed their livestock. And in this case, they would, they would boil baby goats mm-hmm. in the mother's milk as a worship act and as a mm-hmm. ritual to get pregnant. It was to the fertility goddess mm-hmm. that they might have offspring. And so God is saying, no, do not do this. I want you to be different from the Canaanites. So when the rest of the world sees you, they know, okay, they're treating goats differently over there in Israel. (laughs) They're they're different than them Canaanites, Mm -hmm. not boiling their goats in their mom's milk. Again, for us, that's like, what? And so when you read the rest of the Old Testament, you see God actually goes again to the other extreme with the goat, saying these goats, the ones that are pure and faultless, are going to become the sacrifices for atonement. Right. Saying these animals are going to represent forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. Canaanites are doing some weird stuff with theirs. We're going to make ours holy as a sacrifice to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so, again, as you walk away from this today, the heart of God giving all these obscure laws is because mm-hmm. there's a backstory to them. The Canaanites, the Amalekites, all the other ites have weird worship rituals where they're hurting women, they're hurting children, they're hurting animals, they're hurting each other. And God's saying, I don't want you to be like them. Mm-hmm. I want you to be set apart. I want you to be holy. Yeah, and that's really why, you know, I, I you might be like me and you're thinking like, why on earth? Like, why is this relevant? Like, what am I reading about here? Well, the reason, you know, that it continues to be relevant today and why we actually get blessed in reading these chapters is because we're seeing God's heart revealed for his people again, where he's saying, I'm your God, you are my people. This is how you're supposed to live. I don't know if you're like me too, where sometimes you want to open the Bible and you want them to you want to see like specific direct instructions like for your day to day. Like, oh, you know, my kid lied about uh pooping in their pants. God, why let me flip to Matthew or something and read about poopy pants, like some specific instructions. Well, this is God meeting the people of those times, that time with specific instructions saying, this is what you do. This is how you live and walk the ways of Yahweh. And now, so really relevant to them. And now us, all these thousands of years later, we still see the heart of God in his relationship and his desire to walk with his people in a specific and uh, really uh, what's the word? Logical and like probable ways. Like, oh, this is what you do. And so mm-hmm. that's why it's relevant to us because it's Holy Spirit inspired and we see the heart of God. That's right. And so, hey, as we leave you, I want to give you just a blessing from Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 where the same message is coming true from Jesus and now Paul where he's mm-hmm. saying the Holy Spirit's been given to you today. 
and you are to live and follow Jesus and be different than, than what the world has to offer. Yeah. And so this is what we read in Romans 12. Hmm. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but mm-hmm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So God bless you. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. The Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance toward you and give you His peace. Have a great day.